Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. Today, you're tuning in for our series, Resilient, designed to help you reclaim your joy, strengthen your heart, and thrive in turbulent times. It's our hope this message will help you discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. Your soul has taken a beating in the last few years. The sheer madness of modern life. A steady stream of negative news. It's all taken a toll. You're not alone. So many of us are longing, longing for peace, to feel joy again. But we feel anxious from all the chaos in this crazy world. But take heart. You can recover your joy. You can thrive in turbulent times. It's possible to replenish your soul and stay rooted in Christ. Let God bestow on you the strength that prevails to make you resilient. Do you remember your first car in high school? First car you ever drove, okay? Was it a cool car, like a Mustang or Trans Am? Raise your right hand if you drove a cool car, like a Camaro, okay? Yeah? Now raise your left hand if you drove a Camry, okay? You drove mama's car, the one with velvet seats and Yankee candle air freshener, oh yeah. I remember when I turned 18 years old, my dad took me for my driver's test. I was very nervous about parallel parking, but we had, we had practiced together, so I passed. And when I got my license, I was so excited. I got in the car and my dad proudly said, well, son, now she's yours. And he handed me the keys to his pride and joy, a 1982 Chevy Chevette. Hello, sweetness. Yeah, now relax, everybody. Don't ooh and ah all at once. 150,000 miles on that cornflower blue Chevette. And my dad drove that hoopty to work every day for over a decade. That was, let me just tell you, that was some sweet action for my senior year right there, okay? But before he handed me the keys to his chariot, he said, uh, son, quick quiz. What's the most important liquid to always fill this car with? So it runs another 100,000 miles. And I said, well, gas, no duh. And he's like, nope, more important than gas, you need fresh oil. Everyone say fresh oil. Fresh oil. And he popped the hood, he took out the dipstick, and he wiped it. And he explained how oil keeps the dirt out of the engine. Because the oil gets thick and gritty and impurities will actually clog the engine if you don't check your oil regularly. My dad said, every 3,000 miles, you need to change your oil. Son, never let the oil run low. Don't get dirty. You need fresh oil to keep this baby running smooth for the long haul. Well, today I got a message for you from your father, your heavenly father. It's a message I'm calling fresh oil. Say it one more time, church. Fresh oil. Type it in the chat. Fresh oil. As we conclude our series, Resilient, can I ask, how is your oil level right now? Like, is your tank spiritually full or are you running low? Because six weeks ago, we started this series and I asked you to gauge your spiritual strength, kind of running on fumes, empty, are you medium or, or do you actually have reserves? Let me tell you something. In the Bible, oil is always a symbol of the Holy Spirit. That is the power and the presence of God in a believer's life. And so I asked, how full of the Spirit's strength are you right now? 
and a lot of you said, honestly, Tim, I'm, I'm out of oil. I'm running on fumes. I'm, I'm emotionally exhausted. I feel fatigued and fragmented. I'm depleted from the last couple of years. And so what we've been doing is we've been preaching and praying and worshiping in our small groups together and trying to fill up your tank and get you back on the road running for Jesus. And it's been thrilling to see so many of you just kind of re-engage with the word of God, practicing the presence of, of Jesus, benevolent detachment, doing daily devotions. So many of you have started feeding yourself. And, and I've talked to people who said, I feel my strength rising, my heart growing, and the spirit just kind of speaking in a fresh way to me. So praise God for full altars. Yes, church, praise God for soft hearts. You need to know our name is Liquid. Liquid is not a dry church. We want a church full of fresh oil. But as we close this series, I just, I just wanted to ask you, like, where do you go from here? Like, what's your plan to make sure your tank stays full? And that little oil, like, beep, 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 doesn't go on. Because in this hour, you can't dare run out of oil, Christian. Jesus says, I'm getting ready to return, and you better have fresh oil if you're going to go where I want to lead you. Well, my scripture today comes from the Gospel of Matthew. You can open your Bible to chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. It is a story that Jesus told called the parable of the ten bridesmaids. And it's about these girls in a wedding party. And some of the girls had extra oil as they waited for the wedding to start. But the others ran out of oil and they never made it in. And this story is a parable that Jesus told to get his followers ready for his return. And here's what Jesus said. He said, at that time, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. Now pause there. We have all seen bridesmaids getting ready for their best friend's wedding, right? You know what happens? First thing, they buy a shiny dress in a crazy color like fuchsia or sherbet pistachio is in. Guaranteed never to wear that dress again. They get their nails done. They get their hair all did up because they want to be ready for the big day. Their best friend's getting married. And Jesus said there were 10 bridesmaids. Five were smart, but five were stupid. Jesus called them fools. Why? The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. Well, the bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Everyone say nap time. Nap time. <laughs> they all got tired of waiting and fell asleep. I want you to look at your neighbor and go, just make your best snoring noise. Come on. Now, now nudge him and say, wake up. Wake up. Verse 6, at midnight, the cry rang out. Here comes the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and they, they trimmed their lamps. And the foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both of us and you. And said, go to those who sell oil and you buy some for yourself. Tell your neighbor, get your own oil. <laughs> I got oil for me. You got to get your own here, okay? But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. And the virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. 
Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. I want you to imagine these ladies banging on the door. They're like, open the door, let us in. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. God add his blessing to his word. The Lord Jesus Christ, the creator of heaven and earth, the master of the universe, the savior of humankind, says, ready or not, here I come. You ready, church? I know the last three years have been hard. A lot of us feel depleted. We all want things to go back to normal, but the reality is normal ain't coming back, Jesus is, amen? And he told this story to get you ready for his return. He starts at that time. Now, what time is Jesus talking about? Do you remember in Matthew 24, Jesus described the last days before his second coming, before he returns to earth for his bride, the church. Do you remember what he said? He said, you know what? In those days, there's going to be birth pangs. Violence will increase. The world will get darker. Nation will go to war against nation. The weather will get wacky. Earthquakes, hurricanes, wildfires. The love of many, he says, will grow cold. Don't forget, you and I are in the middle of a story that God is telling. And this story is rushing towards a climax. In other words, right now, the clock on this present chapter is dialing down. But there will come a moment in time when the resurrected Christ, who is seated at the right hand of God the Father in heaven, will stand up and he will step out from his throne into the corridors of space and time and return to earth to claim his bride. That's the church. That's you. That's me. That's all Christians. Amen. And bring his bride home to live with him in heaven forever. But just before I return, Jesus says, my bride, my church will be asleep. Now, what's the meaning of these 10 virgins or these bridesmaids? Well, the answer is they represent the church, you and me. It's the last generation before the return of Christ. And they're called virgins because every person who comes to faith in Jesus, when you make him your savior, guess what happens? The righteousness or perfection of Jesus is applied to your account. You know what that means? It means in the eyes of God, you're not just forgiven. God sees you as totally pure, holy, righteous, God sees you as if you've never been stained by sin. That's why they're called virgins. But notice Jesus says there's two kinds. On the one hand, you got the wise who have lamps full of fresh oil. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. They are in union with Christ. They're walking with God. They're faithful. They're ready for Christ's return. But the other half are fools. They got a lamp, but they're out of oil. In other words, they lack the power in the presence of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Their oil tank is on E, and they're shut out of the wedding when the groom returns. The door, the Bible says, is shut, which just goes to show. Jesus says, you better have fresh oil if you want to be ready for my return. So you also must be ready, Jesus said, because the Son of Man will come out an hour when you do not expect him. Now, to illustrate this, Jesus describes an ancient wedding, which is a lot different from an American wedding. Think about the last wedding you went to, okay? In our culture, weddings last about, you know, a day, right, at most. The wedding party gets 
you know, ready in the morning, the girls get their hair done, the guys go play golf. <laughs> the ceremony may be in the, you know, afternoon, followed by reception that goes on for, man, oh man, how they go on. Five, six, seven hours, man. It goes on until the DJ plays Macarena and everyone heads for the door. Thank goodness this is over. <laughs> that ain't how it worked in a Jewish wedding. A Hebrew wedding in Jesus' day had a completely different customs from a wedding in modern America. First off, the wedding started with a betrothal. Can you say that word? Betrothal. The groom would go to the house of the girl that he wanted to marry. And what he would do is he would meet with her father and he would have to pay a price in order to get engaged to his daughter. It was a very steep price. It was like a dowry. And the groom paid that price to enter into the marriage covenant. Now just pause for a minute. Pause. Isn't that interesting? Like back then you paid a steep price to get into a marriage. Nowadays, you pay a steep price to get out of one. Yeah, it's reverse. <laughs> I mean, here's an idea. Maybe if we sacrifice more a little bit up front to get into a marriage, we wouldn't be so quick to get out of them. Yeah? Unpause. That period of betrothal, now I'll use the modern word engagement, it meant that you were under the covenant of marriage. So if you were engaged in Hebrew culture, it meant you were under the same constraints, commitments, and promises as if you were married. And during that waiting period, it was Jewish custom for the groom to go off and build a house for his bride. Now, I want you to remember in John 14, where Jesus says, behold, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back. I'm going to take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. That's wedding language. And sometimes the groom would be gone for 10 months all the way up to a year. So his bride-to-be actually had to wait. She had to wait and she had to live by faith, believing her beloved would come back. She had to be faithful, remain devoted to her fiance, stay committed to her groom, stay pure while she was waiting for her man to return. But here's where it gets weird. When the groom was finished building their home in the first century, he didn't text honey boo boo. Almost ready. Just wrapping up. I'll, I'll come get you next week. Okay. He didn't FaceTime her. Hey, plan landed. I'm on my way. Pick you up tomorrow at 10. No, 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 no. In the ancient world, the groom often arrived unannounced. He just showed up. Now, can you imagine this, ladies? You don't know the date or time that the wedding starts. I mean, you, some of you be freaking out so bad right now. You're like, man, this ruins my whole everything. I had everything on the knot. I had registered. What about first look? How do we take pictures? We can't imagine it. But in Jesus' day, the groom showed up unannounced at the bride's house for the ceremony. And then bride and groom, husband and wife, along with the wedding party, would go back to the groom's new house where they had a wedding feast. And that reception wasn't six or seven hours. It lasted six or seven days, man. They feasted, they partied, they celebrated for a week or more. But in Jesus' story, the bridegroom was a long time in coming. And they all became drowsy in what they... All 10 virgins are cutting wood, man. Fast asleep. And Jesus says, before I return for my bride, the church, understand something. She will be fast asleep with a do not disturb sign on the door. Now, can I say, you see what's going on here? Because as I look around at what's happening in our world right now, the church today, in my opinion, is by and large asleep at the switch and Christians need to wake up. Yeah, you got to wake up. 
Did you know you can be spiritually asleep and not even know it? That's the scary thing about sleep. Have you, have you ever like laid down on your couch and you're like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna you know, watch TV or something. You just start like dozing off. And then you like wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, was I asleep for like three minutes? And you'll look at your watch like, oh my gosh, it's been three hours. Think about that. You can be spiritually asleep and have no idea. That's scary to me. The other scary thing about sleep is that you do things in your dreams you would never dream of doing if you were actually awake. Like I had a crazy dream last month. I, uh, I, should, I, I don't know if I should even tell you this, but just go with me. I dreamt that I was jogging through the center of, t- of town stark naked. Okay, don't think about this too much, but I just, it's just like, okay, I was jogging naked. And I woke up and I was like, that is so crazy. Anybody who knows me knows I would never go jogging. <laughs> but I came today to tell somebody the modern church is asleep and we are tolerating all sorts of things we'd never dream of doing if we were awake. Shameful things. We tolerate pornography. We celebrate sex and violence in our movies and music. We sing, we say things we wouldn't dare do if Jesus was in the room, yeah? I know, I, well, we, hey, we advocate abortion at times. We redefine gender as if we're God, like we decide, I decide who's male and female. And I just realized right now that may be offensive to some ears. It may not be politically correct, but that's because we're asleep. You got to wake up, church. You need fresh oil, fresh conviction, fresh anointing if you're going to be ready for God's wake-up call here because there's a wake-up call coming. At midnight, everyone say midnight. At midnight, the cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. My God, we need midnight oil. And Jesus says at midnight, a cry rang out. Understand he didn't mean 12 o'clock, 12 a.m. The Greek here is a phrase pronounced mesos de nuktos. It means middle of the night. So it's not 12 a.m. It's not even 1 a.m. This is 3.30 in the morning. Everyone is dead asleep, expecting nothing. And suddenly there's this ear-splitting, earth-shattering wake-up call. A midnight cry to Christians. Wake up! Wake up! The groom just came back. He's here to claim his bride. And so you understand why the bridesmaids carried oil lamps. I'll show you a picture here. And so if the groom came at night, their lamps would be lit. Now, what does this represent? A parable, things represent different things. What does this lamp filled with oil represent? Well, in Jesus' day, people actually carried, it's like a flashlight, a little clay lamp to help them see at night. And this parable, the lamp represents the word of God. You always interpret the Bible with the Bible. Psalm 119 says this, your word is a what? Is a, say it church, lamp for my feet. I can see where I'm going. It's a light to my path. In other words, I can see the path marked to life. God's word, his truth is my lamp. I don't care how dark the culture gets around me. You give me the word of God, it'll light my path, amen? But notice the lamp is filled with oil, which in scripture is almost always a symbol of the Holy Spirit. In Psalm 19, David declared, this is actually Psalm 92, he said, I have been anointed with what? Say it together, fresh oil. In the Old Testament, they would, they would pour olive oil on the head of kings and prophets. And it was an emblem of the Holy Spirit saturating him with the wisdom of God, pouring out the strength of God, the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in his life. David says, I've been anointed with fresh oil because oil is what fuels the fire. 
Oil is the fuel of the Holy Spirit in a Christian's life. The Holy Spirit is what keeps your heart from growing hard and keeping it soft and sensitive, supple to the things of God. So that you don't just look like the rest of the world. Notice David says, I've been anointed with oil. No, 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 no. He says, with what kind of oil? With fresh oil, not stale oil, fresh oil. Man, there's ain't nothing nastier than stale oil. Any Italians here? Anyone else love Italian food? I love it. When I eat Italian bread, I like to dip it in fresh olive oil. Anybody with me? You feel that? Okay. You like fresh oil? So this summer, our family was eating outside and uh, I accidentally, we cleaned up, but I left a plate of olive oil out on our deck overnight. And in the morning, I go out there and I'm like, oh, I forgot this. And I walk over. Guess what? The oil was covered in flies. Flies just kind of swarming over the stale, stinky oil. You know, in the Bible, Satan has a lot of names. One of them is Beelzebub, the Lord of the flies. In other words, if you're living off yesterday's oil, yesterday's encounter with God, it actually attracts the enemy. And that's why David cries out, I need to be anointed with what? Fresh oil. You need fresh oil to push the darkness back in your family. You need fresh oil in your business. You need fresh oil in your classroom. You need fresh oil to fight for your family, for your children. You need fresh oil for your marriage. We need fresh oil in this church. Amen. We need the presence of God. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. A church without oil, woo, you got trouble. I'm just telling you, man. You can, listen, you can have all sorts, you can have smoke machines, LED lights, but if you run out of oil, shut the doors of the church if the spirit ain't in the building. All these bells and whistles and lights are nice, but they don't bring the breakthrough. It's the oil that brings the victory. It's the oil that brings the healing. It's the Holy Spirit that brings the breakthrough. If you're facing a battle today, God said, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Amen? You cannot fight today's battles with yesterday's oil. You need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit every single day. I heard someone say, yo, you know, you need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven. Man, you need the Holy Spirit to go to Target. When the midnight cry came, Jesus says, five were wise, lamps full, five were fools. They ran out of oil. In other words, yes, they were saved. Yes, they'd been converted. Yes, they went to church, but they stopped pursuing the Holy Spirit. The oil light is blinking red on their dashboard. And the foolish one said to the wise, because if you're wise, you're going to have five fools around you at all times. Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. And they said, no, no, no. Everyone say no. No. <laughs> there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now. And with all the sincerity you can muster, I want you to look him in the face. I want you to say, get your own oil. <laughs> go ahead. Type in the chat. Get your own oil. <laughs> Listen, if you're a wise person, you're going to be surrounded at times by fools who are going to want to take some of your oil. That's why some of you feel depleted. Some of you feel depressed because they're taking, you can't live off of someone else's spirituality. You need your own walk with Christ and the Holy Spirit's for everyone. The oil is not just for pastors. It's not just for spiritual superstars. The Holy Spirit is for you. You need a fresh anointing. You need fresh power if you're going to be resilient. Don't you let that oil light on your dashboard start blinking red. 
Last fall, the oil in my Jeep Cherokee started blinking. <laughs> it was actually interesting because well, that's strange. I had 120,000 miles on my truck. I drive them in the ground. And I always change the oil though at 3,000 miles like my daddy taught me when I was 18. And so I took it to the garage and I'm thinking, oh man, maybe it's a $40 oil change. Turns out the oil pan was completely rotted out. The whole thing. And it was leaking so bad they actually had to replace the whole assembly. It didn't cost me 40 bucks. <laughs> it was $400. Let me tell you something, man. You've heard an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. How do you know right now today, if you're listening to me, if you're at home, if you're at church online, how do you know you need fresh oil? Well, let me highlight some signs you need fresh oil. In fact, let's have some fun, okay? Call response. When I go like this, you say fresh oil. Let's try it, ready? If your prayer life is more pathetic than powerful, you need fresh oil. If you spend more time sending snaps than studying scripture, you need? If you're more excited about electing a politician than worshiping a king, you need fresh oil. Woo! By God. The election this week, holy moly. Everybody wringing their hands, worrying. Is the country going left or is the country going right? That's all people talk about. Are we going left or right, left or right? Everyone forgets there's an up and a down. Heaven's real, hell is hot. Wake up, church. This is your wake up call. Don't you dare in this moment set it on cruise control. If you make peace with your secret sin, you accept your addictions, instead of waging war for your soul, you need fresh oil. It's the oil that keeps your heart soft in a cynical age. It is the oil that keeps the impurity out. It's the fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit that gives you strength to actually walk straight in a crooked culture. We need fresh oil, church. Praise break. Give God some praise if you agree. Am I the only one who wants oil in here? The midnight cry came. And for the foolish five, too late. But while they was on their way to buy the oil, the groom arrived. <laughs> and the virgins who were ready, they went in with him to the wedding banquet. And the door was, everyone, they were shut out. How'd you like to have Jesus slam the door in your face? Later, the others also came. They said, Lord, Lord. They said, oh, open the door for us. Imagine them with those, those girls with those bouquets just banging. Open the door, let us in. But he replied, uh, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch. Because you do not know the day or the hour of my return. Can I ask, church, are you ready? Are you ready or not, Clint? Because here he comes. Guys, the hour is late. And you can't afford it this moment. Let your oil run low. Now, factually, Christ's second coming is closer than ever. And I believe it's entirely possible the last three years was like a mini wake-up call for some of us. Maybe the coming attractions of bigger things to come. And I'm not trying to scare anybody because the next big event on God's calendar, we just read it here in Matthew 25. It's the Holy Spirit waking up his church for the return of Jesus Christ. And the question is, when he comes, will your lamp be lit? Will it be full of fresh oil? Remember, not everybody got into the wedding party. Not everybody made it in. 
The five wise were called wise because what did they do? They fed on the word. That was the lamp. They were filled with the spirit. That's the oil. And Jesus said, welcome in. But the five fools were shut out. Too late for them. But here's the good news. It's not too late for you. If you hear the spirit speaking to you and you say, Tim, that's me. I, I've, be honest, I'm, I've been asleep. Or I've grown complacent. Or maybe you just feel empty, like you're running on fumes, maybe even just tolerating some sin in your life. You've gotten complacent about it. You just say today, man, I need fresh oil. Today is your day. This is your moment. I want to close by giving three ways to get fresh oil. And the first is this, you keep up those daily devotions. I don't mean just, you know, re reading a quick little prayer on the internet. You keep starting your day with morning prayer, personal worship time, devotion just before anything else. Before you check your phone, your email, the news, many of you did the 30-day resilient app, yeah? Don't stop. Just because the series is ending, don't you stop or start every day. You've got to start with Jesus. You've got to release everyone, everything to him. Restore your union with him through worship. Your soul in the morning needs, the first of the first words, I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. Remember, praise is what pushes back the enemy. So you start every morning by tuning into the Holy Spirit. And if you stop the app, can I just encourage you, start it again. If you finish the app, do it again. Second way to get fresh oil, get baptized next Sunday. If you recently gave your life to Christ, maybe you came forward a couple weeks ago, or, or maybe you've been saved, but you've never been publicly baptized, this is one of the ways you get fresh oil. Guys, we already have over 100 people signed up to get baptized next Sunday. Can we praise God for them? I'm so proud of you. I can't wait to celebrate with you. But some of you have been on the fence. I'm just saying, this is your wake-up call. Acts 2 gives this command. It says, repent and be baptized, some of you. No, no, no. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and what else? What else will happen? You will receive what? The gift of the Holy Spirit, fresh oil. There's a reason people come out of that water glowing, <laughs> glistening. They're just full of fresh oil. When you go under that water, you're like, man, I'm identifying with the death of Jesus. And when you're raised up, man, it's, it's Holy Spirit, resurrection power. When Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit alighted on him and he will alight on you. So you sign up today, you get baptized next Sunday at your campus. But finally, I want to talk to those of you who've been saved. Maybe you've been baptized. But today, you just realize, man, Tim, I am dry. My oil tank is on E. Maybe you realize you got no reserves, depleted. And maybe it's been months or even years since you felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. If I asked you, was the last time God spoke to you, you'd say, man, I can tell you a story from 1989. But you got nothing fresh. And you need a fresh touch from God today. You came to the right place. Today, we're going to end our series by anointing you with oil. <clears throat> As I said, in Bible times, they used oil to actually anoint kings and prophets. They'd, they'd pour a whole ram's horn over their heads. We don't do that here. Just relax. Say amen for that. A little dabble do you, okay? <laughs> but they'd pour that on their head as a symbol and a sign of the Holy Spirit, empowering them. It was a symbol of the presence of God, giving wisdom, imparting power, giving strength for bottle and so, battle. And so I thought, man, what better way just to end this series than anoint you with fresh oil? I know this is kind of old school, but our pastors and our prayer team, we all brought fresh oil to every campus today and we're gonna invite you forward in a minute. So at every campus, can all our pastors and prayer teams come forward? 
If you're online, just in the chat, just say fresh oil, man. Fresh oil. We'll pray over you too. Bring your bottles of oil with you. Let me explain what we're going to do. This isn't anything strange or spooky. It's just an ancient practice the Bible authorizes us to do. In James 5, followers of Jesus are given this invitation. Jim says, is anyone among you in trouble? You got trouble? Let him pray. We're going to pray for you. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders or the leaders of the church to pray over them and do what? Say it together, church. Anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. So understand when you come forward to the altar at your campus, we're going to anoint you with oil. And to be clear, there is nothing special about this. This is just ordinary anointing oil. It doesn't have any special power in itself, but it's an emblem of the power of the Holy Spirit coming on a believer's life. And it is this outward symbol of an internal power. And so our leaders will anoint you with oil in the sign of the cross. We'll say in the name of the Father, Son, receive the Holy Spirit because that's where the power is. All power flows from the cross of Christ, and it's a symbol of the healing presence of the Holy Spirit. And after we anoint you, we will declare your, the forgiveness of sins, like Jesus taught us. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh, to heal you, to restore you. You know God loves to heal broken people. You come up here, maybe you got, you've been, there's some broken things. He can heal broken bodies. He can heal broken minds, broken marriages. God can heal broken hearts. And I just believe God wants to do some healing work today. Bring some breakthrough. Bring some strongholds. You come forward in faith. This oil's for you. There's something about empty vessels God loves to fill. So let's stand together, church. All our campuses, stand up right now. Would you open? stand on up? Okay. Open your hands. It's a sign of an open heart. Posture of receiving. I'm here to receive. That's why you came. Remember, God ain't stingy. He wants to give you fresh oil, but you've got to ask him for it. So let's ask him together. Holy Spirit, come. I pray right now. Just speak to people. If you feel empty, you need a fresh filling, let me invite you to pray out loud with me. Just simple words. Just pray out loud. Say these words. Say, Lord, here I am. And I admit, I'm dry. I've been asleep. In so many ways, I've ignored you. I've gone along with the world and I'm dry. I want to be anointed with fresh oil. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive my sin. Wash away the dirt. Wash away the grime. All the impurities out of my life. And fill me to the brim with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, invade my heart. I ask you for fresh oil. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your power. Restore my union with Christ. I give all of me to all of you, now and forever. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. And now I want you to step out into the aisle at all of our campuses. God's speaking to you. You come on down front to receive your anointing with fresh oil. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening.